Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. My guest today, wow, what a crazy, talented athlete. We became pals over the years, running into each other at many of these celebrity charity golf events and surviving them. He is a player, by the way. One of the best uh, golfers that uh, didn't do it growing up and did other things. But what made him a household name was his ability in the NFL to take hits in the middle of the field like nobody else and have two blessed hands, uh, very gifted, and what a career this man has had. A college jersey retired and five Pro Bowls made uh, and so much more. Please welcome to the Mississippi Minute NFL football legend Sterling Sharp. Hello, Sterling. Steve, what's going on, man? I'm good, man. Where are you? I, I just got home from, uh, let me see, I saw you a couple weeks ago at Bill Murray's and uh, World Golf Village. I went from there to Newark and from Newark to the Chick-fil-A in Reynolds Plantation. Got home last night and get on a plane tomorrow to go to my friend Emmett Smith. Is this so? Is this so? Besides, we're going to get into the analyst part. Uh, do you spend uh, most of the year traveling to to hit the little white ball to to visit your friends and support their supporting events? my friends? Yeah, yeah you're the yeah, best. I mean. You know, like like uh, I'm coming to the Steve Azar event this year for the first time in two years. That's right. I missed the last two years, so I'll be back there. But uh, I love playing golf. I love playing different golf courses. I love seeing how my game grows. And so when uh, you know one of my one of my guys call and say, "Hey, man, we'd love for you to come and play," I usually try and find time to make it to. And the thing is, is everybody's got one now, so you kind of got to. You kind of got to be careful about saying yeah too early because, right. you know, Steve Azar may call and you're like, Steve, <laughs> I can't go. I'm, I'm going over here, but uh, it, it usually works out, and we have a lot of fun, and it's, it's always a pleasure to get around to see uh, old friends and, and like you and I have over the years made some new ones. Hey, let's talk about, about golf, and, and I know that we don't spend forever doing that, and I wear, I wear my listeners out sometimes. I, you know, I always talk about golf being the one sport you know, grew up playing all these other sports, and I grew up playing tennis as well. You don't have time to get to know anybody. You're, you know, you're moving on the golf course. You got all this time between shots. You spend four and a half hours with somebody. You know pretty quickly whether you gel or not. Uh, the ability to make relationships along the way. Uh, I mean, have you felt like that that's mattered in in your life as you've gone on? 
I, I have, Steve, and uh, I, you know the thing is, is you get a chance to play with so many different people, right? That you get a chance to grow up, and and I say grow up. I use the word grow up because it's funny. You know, you get to be our age, you think you know everything, and you've learned everything, and you've seen everything, and you've been around everything, and you've been a part of everything, and then all of a sudden you realize that is not the case at all. So. <laughs> It's definitely a learning experience being around corporate CEOs and executives, both male and female, and hearing their story and their struggles and how they triumphed and and overcame. And it's a lot of fun to be around those people. But it, it also is very, you know, you have to be able to, which I had to learn, to turn it on and off because golf, I, I, you know, you, you, you said the sport of golf. I, I think I look at golf differently. I say a game because not only is it the game to get the, the ball in the hole and the fewest amount of strokes, but it's a game in controlling your mind. I think golf is more mental and, and than football is, to, to be totally honest with you, because you're reacting in football and, and it, in golf, it's all acting. So, there's a lot of mental gymnastics going on in order to be a, in order to get the ball in the hole as fast as, as humanly possible. Okay, so I struggle with, with doing so, and and I don't think you do. I mean, you're one of the ones that uh, everybody sort of says Sterling's out there. He's out there to play every shot in any situation. Uh, your game is obviously uh, it's got to be better than all of ours put together. I know Grant Fuhrer is another one that I feel like. Um, really grinds it when he's doing these events. So you're challenging yourself in these situations, and some of these things are, you know, they're they're very, like ours is very loose. I mean, it's like if we can make ours a goofy golf deal, it'd probably be as good. But you know, I spent my time hitting the triangle of balls every morning, having coffee and and hitting balls and blast and blast them. And I got to the point where I was a, a I got to the point nine. I never got I never got into the plus column, and I, I could travel with it pretty good. So when you're playing, but but that's over. My you know body has taken uh, a beating as time went on. I had a car wreck. I had to deal with that, and uh, I'm finally starting to see my hand toward the back of my hand toward the sky again. Uh, I had to really sort of makeshift what I was doing. But when I do these events, I just it's not in me anymore. I mean, meaning I'm just out there having a great time. I, I get upset when I play bad, sure. and I should expect sure. to play bad because I'm not working at it anymore. You constantly grind, um, and you just talked about taking your golf course different and taking your game to different courses. Um, how are you able, is this been something that you've always been like growing up, been focused on whatever it is at hand and you just want to be the best you can at every second along the way? You know, Steve, uh, my brother and I were raised by, for the most part, in our informative years by our grandparents and, my, and our grandfather taught us at an early age that I don't care what job it is. Whatever it is you're doing, you do that job better than anyone else does anything else. That's your goal. That's your mission in life. Whatever it is you do, you do it better than anyone else does anything else. So whatever task I'm given, I'm going to attack it that I'm trying to do this job better than Tiger Woods does his job or Rory McIlroy does his job or Phil Mickelson is doing his job. And, yes. They are professional golfers, been doing it all their lives. But that doesn't mean I can't attack it that way. And so that's how I've always been. And I, and I look at, which, which is really interesting, I've always looked at, at golf, uh, tournament golf, uh, as a test. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the studying when I'm at home, and I'm, I'm going through 
you know, all the, I'm going through the syllabus and I'm looking at my clip notes and I'm doing all my research. And when I go to Steve Azar's event, that's an exam. It's an exam for me to be able to play the best golf I can play. It's to be able to hit the shots that I know I can hit. But most importantly, I'm there representing Steve Azar. I mean, basically, my name for the weekend is Steve Azar. So everything that I do comes back to you. So I got to make sure that I'm representing Steve Azar in a way that the people I played with, when Steve Azar golf outing comes around next year, they go, not only do I want to be there, but I want to play with him again. Right. Uh, and so it is a it is a three prong challenge because I want to play good golf because I know they you know you got all these corporate people they're not playing a lot of golf they're in the office and for one day or one afternoon they get a chance to get out of the office and Steve I want them to get out of the office I want them to have a great time but you know what I want them to do I want them to have a chance to win your tournament I, I want that. them to be able to say I hit two shots or I made a putt made a 40-footer, and it turned out to be the difference. Or, man, I chipped in. You know, (laughs) Sterling drove it up by the green, and I chipped it in. I want them to be able to do that. So I put a lot of pressure on my game so they can relax. You know, and I like to tell my guys, you know, they like to, because I I, I like to hit first. And after they see me tee off, they go, you know, you should let one, let us go. And then, you know, you can, you can get one out there and you can go for it. And I say, guys, don't take this the wrong way, but I don't really care where you hit it. <laughs> We're not going to play a lot of your shots today anyway. <laughs> this is what I do now. Okay. So, you know, usually I, I, I mean, we have a great time and I played and, you know, played in a lot of them over the years and I've learned how to. I've learned how to think without falling asleep, but I've learned how to do my job in playing the best golf that I can while I enjoy four guys who are out of the office who paid X amount of dollars to the Steve Azar Foundation. And you know what? They want to find out about the NFL. They want to find out about TV. They want to find out how you and Steve meet. They want to, they want to know these things. And, I, I, you know, being able to hit a shot, relax, enjoy them, hit a shot, relax, enjoy them, uh, it's a challenge, and it takes a lot of work that, to get used to because, you know, in my game in football, you know, I'm not worried about a guy coming in the huddle asking a question. <laughs> we don't have that problem. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but in golf, like you said, you have so much time. Uh, you have to learn how to control your mind and to concentrate and focus on the shot in hand and then go away. You know, go find out how how can I be the CEO of Taco Bell or Dell or whatever the case may be and enjoy those people and make sure that they enjoy you. Here's what I got. I got my, I got my, my, my work ethic and my word. That's all I got. I got nothing else. Right. And I love it. I'm not going to tarnish my word or my work ethic. I, love I got a job to do, whether it's cutting grass or picking up limbs or playing golf or whatever it is, I'm going to do this job better than anyone else does anything. Else. You're going to, if you're standing there watching me or if you have to leave for two hours, the, what, the job you're getting from me is not going to change. And that's just the way we were raised. And, you know, it served us well over the years. And, and everything we do, we've tried to accomplish just because we, we've gone at it full bore. We weren't the most talented. We weren't the biggest. We weren't the strongest. I don't even think we worked the hardest. But we gave it our all. I mean, there may be some guys that had a little more to give or a little something extra to do. But we tried to do our jobs better than anyone else did anything else, and it's worked out pretty well for us. I love it. We're talking to Sterling Sharp here in a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. We'll be right back.
Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. My guest today is college SEC football legend, NFL legend, whose, whose career, by the way, could not have been any world more world-class uh, before injury. We're talking to Sterling Sharp. He's in in uh, South Carolina, uh, and uh, heading. He's like uh, unpacking and repacking and washing clothes and and about to hit the road. Hey, Sterling. So let's go back to growing up in high school. Take me to the days. You look like you were a multi-sport uh, athlete. I could see you play pitching and playing shortstop. I could see you maybe catching. Uh, I could see you uh, uh, jumping out of the gym in hoops. Football was number one. I've always wanted to play football, Steve. But I did, and I always did. Uh, want to play football but i played basketball and ran track also in high school but football was king that was what i wanted to do i've always wanted to do that that was who i was i love it i love it so you grow up playing high school how far was shannon behind you three years younger than me so your so, baby brother was you know, three it, years. right it's funny man he didn't realize he was younger than me until i left to go to college <laughs> he couldn't go <laughs> he so couldn't go. Was, he couldn't go. That was kind of so. That was the first time we realized that we were not the same age because everything I did, he did, or everything I attempted to do, he attempted to do. Uh, so it was just one of those things that uh, you know, growing up with your best friend, who turns out to be your brother, and you get to experience and learn and go through those things together. I think made us both better athletes because we felt like there was nothing we couldn't do. I think that's a great compliment right there. I mean, one thing that your brother turns out to be your best friend in a lot of situations, obviously, we're born into our brotherhood. And sometimes the brothers uh, that you meet in life that you become your dearest friends are, are people that are not in your genetic gene pool, right? In your gene pool. So that is an ultimate compliment. I know how close you guys are. And also how uh, you think about both of your careers ha- as they went. Uh, they've been so similar y'all been on the same path you haven't left you know it's almost like the three years went away and y'all caught back up with you and you know you know what i'm saying i mean you're both analysts you're both great analysts very like i said articulate you know what's funny steve is is it's it it just worked out that way you know and and my grandparents my grandma used to say all the time if I'd have been a bank robber, he'd have been a bank robber. You know, if I'd have, if I'd have, if I'd have been a car washer, he would have been a car washer. You know, and and it's funny. You know, going to college, he goes to college three years later. Going to the NFL, he comes to the NFL two years later. Going into television, he retires, goes into television. It it, it, it wasn't by you know it wasn't by accident, but it wasn't by design either. And uh, he likes to say that. I knew I was going to be successful because he was successful, and I felt like I could do everything he could do. So wow. it, it just worked. Out. It just it just worked out where we were pretty much the same guy. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, we're in a different body and we're different ages, but it's almost like we're the exact same guy. Wow! Now, do y'all live close to each other? Uh, well, we used to. You know, Columbia from Atlanta is only three hours, and you know, I play a lot of golf in Atlanta and and get a chance to go by and see him quite often. But now, with him being at Fox Sports One, he's in L.A., okay. and so I don't get a chance to you know I, unless I get out to L.A. because 
they do their show every day, and he loves it, and he's very good at it. And I don't get to see him very much. So over the last two years, I haven't seen a lot of him because he's, he's been hanging out with the rich and famous folks in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking to Sterling Sharp, NFL great. Obviously, I'm in SEC football country down here in Mississippi, and uh, uh, they may have Friday night lights in Texas, but we got Saturday <laughs> Saturday in Mississippi, and, 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 and obviously in the whole SEC, it's a big deal. Uh, was it always, uh, grow, growing up in high school, first of all, were there other schools besides South Carolina you were looking at? Were they looking at you? What was that whole recruiting process when you were a kid? It was, it, it was pretty, you know, and I, I would say, you know, for the, and I, I don't know the stars, but I was a, I was a starred athlete. Right. And yeah, there was a lot of other schools. And, and the thing was is I wanted to be away from home, but not at home. And uh, I'm three hours from where I grew up in Georgia. So I can get back if I need to and in three hours in a car. And when I got to South Carolina, a lot of the guys that were here were from Georgia that I had played against or ran track against or played basketball against. So I knew those guys. So I felt real comfortable coming here. And it was a situation where I came here, thought I was going to play one position, and then they made me, you know, move me to receiver. And Steve, it worked out. But, you know, the thing was, is it worked out the best for me. I had an old school coach and Joe Morrison who played with Frank Gifford and Y.A. Tittle and the New York football Giants back mm-hmm. in those days. His number 40 is retired by the Giants. He was my head coach in college. And wow. He was a he was an excellent leader and he was a very strong hand. He was very committed to what he was doing. He he kind of approached coaching like I approach playing football. I'm gonna do this job better than anyone else does anything else. And he was he he really it was the best place for me because of him. He he led me and man made me made me out to be a better person, a better player. Uh, gave me great understanding about what I was getting into, where I was going as far as the NFL was coming, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, once I started to, to get my sea legs under me. So South Carolina was just a place for me. And, you know, I know a lot of guys go because, you know, they they want to ring or they want to play in a big-time bowl game. Well, you know what? I came here because it was the first place I was going to get a chance to play, and that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to play college football and also, they had a very strong head coach as far as someone that could keep me. That, that His voice sounded a lot like my grandfather's voice. Uh, he was very stern. He was hmm. very fair. He was very stern, uh, true to his word. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things that I, I felt comfortable coming here. Okay, two questions right there. You bring up a couple points. One, you said you switched to a wide receiver. Where were you? What were you playing before that? Growing I up? came here as a quarterback, running, running the triple option. Wow, a lot to think about. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a lot to think about running the triple option. In fact, we've got a, we've got a kid, believe it or not, that at our high school, that we just won our first state title, St. Joe. My dad was the first graduate of St. Joe in Greenville, Mississippi. I graduated there, and our kids have graduated there. Although they were born in Nashville, we moved them back. But anyway, this kid's name is Bryce Johnson. He's a great kid. And he is going to Navy to play quarterback, and and I feel like he'll have a really great shot. Really got a really great mind. Really, really, really a studier of the game. Great kid. Works hard. And so it'd be interesting to see if he gets to stay there in that position because he's such a good runner, but he's a really good passer. But will they move yeah. him? You know, I mean, you know, he wants to yeah. play football. And he wants to play in the NFL. It's one of his goals. You know, that running all that is is very difficult, right? It's a feel offense. You have to feel it. You, because in a reactionary sport, you can't think. Right. Uh, once you think you are some, somebody else who has that job, if you start thinking. And, and running the triple option is a feel. You have to feel what's happening. You have to feel whether you're going to give it or pull it. 
You're going to have to feel where you press the inside shoulder and the end man on line of scrimmage and whether you turn up or you pitch it. The triple option is a is a feel skill offense, and some of the best some of the best runners at it uh, that I've ever seen had a great feel for what was happening, what was coming. They weren't guessing; they just had a great feel for running the triple option. It is a wonderful offense, and without the triple option, you and I probably are not not having this conversation <laughs> because my life would have been in a totally you know I've been in a totally different direction, but. uh I loved the triple option. It was it was a fun offense. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's so much to think about. We're talking to Sterling Sharp. Sterling, uh, so the other question is this. You're growing up. How did you get seen back? You know, we're, we're close to the same age. How, how did you get – there was no Nike camps. There were no Under Armour camps. There were no – you know, what was it, it like was, growing up and being seen and noticed compared to today? It was more so on your high school coach to call and say, hey, we got a guy down here you need to take a look at. I think it was a lot more, I don't want to say friendly, but a lot a lot friendlier as far as recruiting went where, you know, a guy may know, you know, two coaches from different schools may be down to look at a, look at one guy and you see another guy. And when I, you know, where I play down in, in South Georgia, there's a lot of talent coming out of Savannah and Statesboro and Vidalia and uh, it, it, it was just, you know, in that area, there was just, it, it, I guess at the time, was a hotbed. So if you came down to see one or two other guys, you probably saw three or four other guys. Right. So uh, it, it was, it was kind of like that. You know, it wasn't, you know, got a chance to go to this camp or that camp or go to this college. You know, it was more so word of mouth. And my high school coach, I, uh, my two high school coaches, Buddy McCall, William Hall, both did a great job of letting people know that they had a talented player on our uh, down at Glenville High School, and uh, which got people, you know, to come down and, and see me play and send me letters and try and gauge my interest. But uh, yeah, my high school coaches played an integral part in me being able to go to the University of South Carolina to play football. I think that that's a great lesson if you're a coach out there and you're listening that your job isn't just in the classroom it's not just on the playing field it's also after if you got some talent you got to make that effort uh to uh to help the kid that works the hardest that's ready and prepared obviously grades are important acts are important all those things add up to a kid getting to go from a junior college to a d2 school to a d you know d3 to d2 to, to d1 um and a coach's job i feel like uh, and should never end until that kid lands where you know at the highest level uh, of competitiveness that they can be when they leave the high school. We're talking to Sterling Sharp. You are in a Mississippi minute. All sixty of them. Sterling, let me see if I can hunt down this question. Since you talked about Sam Cooke, Sam Cooke's a Mississippi boy. Mississippi being the birthplace of American music, which we are. It all started here. You get to play DJ. Lead us into the break. Would you like to hear a little Sam Cooke or a little Howlin' Wolf? Well, you know what? You can go. You can't go wrong with Sam Cooke or Holland Wolf or, or Muddy Waters. You can't go wrong no. with any of those guys because that's who I grew up on. So, whichever one you play, I, I'm on. It's all good to me. All right, you're copping out, but I love it. We're talking to NFL great Sterling Sharp here in the Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back.
when breaking news affects you in Mississippi. You'll hear it first right here. News Mississippi. Trusted. Experienced. And on top of the stories that matter to you. News Mississippi. Keeping you informed on Super Talk Mississippi. Check, check one. Where's all my bio? In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Steve Azar, we are sliding on the backside of uh, 60 in a Mississippi Minutes. That's how we roll here. Uh, Sterling Sharp, uh, just uh, watching you play uh, growing up. Obviously, I, w- I remember you so well in college. Number two, am I right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So you go to South Carolina. L- just, just I, you know, I recently talked to Mark Bryan from Hootie and the Blowfish, our boy. And so Mark was talking about he went there because of, I guess, the communications programs, the journalism yep. programs. So very did, did you go good. there as very well and major in those, in that? Steve, I went to South Carolina to major in football. And while I was here, I, I managed uh, to get two degrees. But I, I came to South Carolina to play football. And, you know, the thing is, and, and I, I hope this doesn't steer any kids wrong, to be successful in anything, you have to have a one-track mind. I came to South Carolina with one thing on my mind, and that was to play football. But while I was here playing football, I had to stay eligible, and I had to do the work. And in doing the work and staying eligible, I managed to get two degrees, and and I managed to play football at a very high level. I managed to make some very good friends. You mentioned Mark Bryan, Jim Sonnefeld, Darius Rucker, you know Dean Fable. All of us were down there at the same time. So we got to know each other pretty well, and uh, yeah, but uh, but but the thing is, is that was just me. Like I said, if I'm going to do my job better than anyone else does anything else, I need to be focused on one thing and one thing only. But I understood that you know what, you got to stay eligible, you got to go to class, you got to do the work in the classroom in order to have the opportunity to do the work on the field. But I came here to play football. Well, you're good, really good. Uh academic scholar in high school or did it come sort of easy or when you got i mean no it was no i i wasn't i wasn't really good it didn't come easy i i i had to work at it steve i mean it was it was a lot of work and tutors and study hall and uh our academic advisor uh keying into my room and telling me that i was on the verge of flunking out of school you know it, it was all that and that was just because i was i was you know when you when you get to when you get out on your own, which is what I was when I left South Carolina, I mean, when I got to South Carolina, you, you think you know it all. And, I mean, you know it all for that moment. You know, okay, i got to go to class. Well, you know what? I don't have anybody waking me up. So, you know what? I'm going <laughs> yeah, to go to class today. You know? <laughs> yeah. Might not make it to class today, Steve. It's still my greatest nightmare, Sterling. My greatest nightmare is I still wake up not being prepared for a test and not going to class. <laughs> And I get caught. That, that I still dream about it. That's my. I and mean, I wake up like, oh my god, that feeling. It's horrible. Yeah, it's it's a scary situation. <laughs> now, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it's like for someone paying seventy, eighty, a hundred thousand dollars to go to school or to pay their way through school. Here I was going to school for free, and all I needed to do was do what I was do. You know, go to class and stay eligible, and I get a chance to do what I wanted to do. So. Once I that dawned on me and I understood that things were fine, but the first few years were very, very tough because you have so much freedom and you were. Yeah, I was prepared. I was prepared to be on my own, but I just didn't recognize it because it didn't show up the way I thought it was going to show up. 
And all of a sudden, I'm making decisions. I'm the adult. I'm making the decisions. And uh, and I made a lot of wrong ones. And you know what I did? I, I was one of those guys, Steve, that uh, I made a lot of bad decisions. And guess what? I got another chance. I right. made a lot of, you know, not going to class, almost flunking out. And no, I, I was not, I did not graduate cum laude or magna or summa cum laude. I did not. But you know what I did? I got both of my, I, I, I did the work that I got both of my degrees. Now, someone who graduated cum laude and me graduating, guess what we did together? They what? may have had a banner to let them know that they were a little smarter than me. Yeah. <laughs> but my jersey's retired, so it lets them know I'm a little more athletic than me. <laughs> I love number two is retired. So when your jersey was t- was retired, uh, like it was back in the late eighties, right? Uh, nineteen eighty six was the last year. Uh, nineteen eighty seven was the last year I played. Okay, so and you got and I yours was, played it in was, my retired jersey. So I you played a game in my retired. Come jersey. on, we had our athletic banquet after the season was over. We had just beaten Clemson twenty to seven at our place uh, in an outstanding mm-hmm. football game. We got invited to play in the Gator Bowl that year, and at our athletic banquet. Whatever the process is that the school goes through to retire your jersey, I was an All-American, graduated from college, you know, played at a, at a pretty high level in, in college football, so they decided that they didn't want anybody else to wear number two. Wow. It didn't, it didn't dawn on me what that meant until I had finished playing football altogether. Like, I was done with the NFL. Is when it, when it dawned on me, because that's the only time, Steve, you get a chance to exhale. Is yeah. When you're done yeah. with it, you get a chance to take that... Okay, because now you're like, okay, what am I going to do now? Right. And so you get a chance to go back to, through that journey, and it's a quick trip, you know, from high school to college to the NFL and, and the coaches and the people you met and the teammates you had and the, and the bonds you've made. And I got, you know, when you start going, wait a minute, this school thought so much of you being on this campus and what you meant and what you did and how you did it. And, and you know what? That they didn't want anyone else to wear this number. That's pretty cool. While you that were is, there. That, I mean, while you were there, that is that is remarkable. Yeah. I mean, how many times you probably can count that on? Uh, could you count it? How many how many hands? Could I, you... I think George Rogers, who won the Heisman Trophy here, I think right. he played in his in a bowl game. But I, you know, I, and you'd have to ask the other guys who've had their their numbers wow. their numbers retired. Yeah, I got to play in the Gator Bowl in my retired jersey, which was the last time it was ever worn. Unbelievable. Talking to Sterling Sharp, NFL great, college great, uh, and just a great guy in general and uh, the best uh, non-professional golfer I think I know. Grant Fear, you too, buddy. I, you know, both you guys. I don't, have you guys we, ever we, matched we, up we yet? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we, we, we go back and forth a lot. and uh, <laughs> It's a lot of fun to play against Grant. Our swings are, are kind of similar. We got little quirks in our swing. Our, our clubs are set up pretty similar. That's cool. He can hit mine. I can hit his. Wow! Uh, it's so it's so funny that our our swings are we got little quirks that are different, but he can hit my clubs because I'm upright, and I can hit his because he's upright. Right. He takes it back flat. I mean, like he he hinges quick, right? And he's got it low. His club is almost on his shoulders. Laying on his shoulders. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Mine is. Mine's like Bubba. It's over my head. Right, right, right. All right, Sterling. So, okay, Sterling, let's jump to the NFL. You're the number seven pick for for. I grew up a big Green Bay Packer fan and a New Orleans Saints fan. So those are my two two teams. Obviously, growing up in the Saints here, and but and obviously, I, I made this record with Brett Favre. We did this thing uh, back. You were gone. You had just left when I got asked to do this NFL project, and Brett and I did it. And uh, and so in ninety. 96, I guess 96. Yeah. 
I was there just about every game. I did the anthem eight times in Lambeau, and my last time on Monday Night Football, and I said, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. That You know, it was cold, and I used to beg for the freezing games, you know, until it was like negative four uh, and the negative 21 wind chill, and I, I, I was chattering, you know. So, so that was a mistake. But let me ask you this. So you, you go to Green Bay. Your career, yeah. I'm, I'm jump, jumping forward, but I want to talk about, because it was incredible. Your career could not have been any more prolific in the short amount of time before injury. I love how I read some things. Uh, you know, I got prepared for you, even though I know you. I got prepared, and your how your brother gave you one of his Super Bowl rings because you. It's not like you wouldn't have got it. Injury got in the way, serious injury, and it just shortened your career. So take me back to draft day. And then take me through your time with the Green Bay Packers early, because that's that's where you spent most of your time, right? I get to, uh, you know, I, I you know, um, I think a few guys went to New York for the draft, but I wasn't one of them. That that nah. Steve, I never realized that. I, I didn't realize how good I was until you start looking back. Like I said, when you're retired, when you when you leave the game, right, and you get a chance to exhale for the first time, and you look back, you go, wow. You know, out of all the, all the college football players that came out, and I came out. They didn't have seven rounds. They had 12. Right. So out of all those players, I was the seventh player taken. Man, it's crazy. You go, wow, seven, you know, seven guys. There's only six guys taken in front of me. Right. But going to Green Bay was great for me because Green Bay is a football town. It's very small. It allowed me to not get sidetracked and to be able to focus. And not much to do my there. My whole thing, you know, my <laughs> whole thing was is there's a lot of guys that there's a lot of athletes you see nowadays that I think enjoy being famous. I was not one of them. My whole thing is is I want to I'm here to do one job and I want to do that one job and that's it. I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to do commercials. I don't want to do. I just want to play football. And Green Bay allowed me to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm also going to tell you this. I don't think the fans really got to know or appreciate me like they did some of their Green Bay Packer heroes because I couldn't be like the Brett Barbs and the Reggie Whites and those guys. I was extremely private. I mean, I was I was either at home or I was at practice. And I was not a very personable uh, Green Bay Packer. And I, I, I don't think that... I, I just think that that for me, that's what I needed to do to be the best that I could be. And you, you mentioned how my numbers in a short period of time, that was what I needed to do to be the best player I could be. And a lot of people at the time didn't understand that. And I said, you know, my, I can't be like someone else because that's how you want me to be. But it gave me an opportunity. Green Bay gave me an opportunity to go there and play football. And that was it. Not be famous, not be well-liked, not to make friends, but to play football. And that's all I've ever wanted was to play football in the National Football League. That's all I've ever wanted. It's amazing. And I got an opportunity to do that in the best town in the NFL in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I love it. We're talking to Sterling Sharp. You're in a Mississippi minute. I'm Steve Azar. We'll be right back. I don't have to be me. Till Monday. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Azar, on Facebook.com Steve Azar Live, and listen to all my music, Steve Azar and Steve Azar and the King's Men, wherever you download or stream. Monday. 
If Alexa's part of your life, you've got one more way to access Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi is now available on Amazon Alexa devices. Once enabled, just say Alexa Play Super Talk Mississippi at any time and start listening. It's that easy. Just one more way to stay informed and connected with your state. Learn more at supertalk.fm slash Alexa. Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Now available on Amazon Alexa devices. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, baby, I've got big plans for me and you, so put on that tight dress. Sterling Sharp was one of six players in NFL history to win the outright triple crown. And I don't ever like reading these things on when I do this show, but I have to because I don't want to get it wrong. At the receiver position. We used to watch Jerry Rice play at Mississippi Valley State, which is about 30 miles from where yeah. I'm talking to you right now. I grew up yeah. playing sports against his quarterback, Willie Satellite, Satellite Totten, we called him. Oh, he was a Willie, year older. Could throw it, man. We couldn't wait for him to leave. I couldn't wait, yeah. you know. So we watched Jerry come train. He used to play basketball with us at the Y. He was training all day, right? So let's talk about this. You're talking about Jerry Rice, Steve Smith Jr., Sterling Sharp who is my guest today, and a few others in the history. Right. So the Triple Crown is the receiver leading the league in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and receptions. I mean, that's yes. that's crazy. That's just crazy one, to me. How In, in one year. In, in one, one year. year and, and most people can't name my quarterback. I know. You had you went through, because, a, you went through a, uh, an arsenal of them, right? I had a, I had a gamut of them, but I yeah. played with Don Mikowski. Yeah, the that. miracle man. And and yeah, the magic man. Magic we, man, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we made it. I, I mean, the thing was is, like I said, I didn't realize what the you know what does the triple crown you know mean? Hey, you led the league in catches, yards, and touchdowns. Okay, uh, that's great. We beat Dallas in Dallas, if I remember that year, and we needed some help to get in. We didn't get the help, so we didn't make the playoff. But what was funny was is, is you know you don't realize what all that stuff means until. You know, you get a chance. You're driving somewhere, driving to the airport to fly to the Steve Azar golf event, and you go, "Wow, let the league and catches yards and touchdowns one year." And yeah, then, know. You, you know, <laughs> it, it just it, it, it's, it's amazing that. And, and then the thing you go is, you know, I did that in Green Bay, right? I did that in I did that in football. You heaven. did it in church. And not 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 <laughs> a lot of people can yeah. say, you know, San Francisco is a great place to play. Steve Smith in Carolina, I got a chance to see him play, watch him play a lot great place to play but there's no place like lambeau field no i mean you know it's the birthplace it is no the birthplace like was well, in, in country music it's like playing in the ryman auditorium the original ryman which used to be the original opry house we're talking to sterling sharp i totally agree you you keep bringing up a point i think this is so important when you're in the middle of your success like back in when i started having hits there was no celebration for me because I knew I had to continue. I finally got there. I never celebrated. First of all, you know, I used to get my highest rate, uh, charted record was number two, and you sure don't have a party when you have a number two record. You go home and, you know, you, you know, and th- there's no celebration. Zero. You've worked that hard. And, you know, it's like losing a yeah. national championship. What do you do? You don't celebrate. You lost your last game of the season. So I lived that. But I was also – it took me a long time. I was 37 before my first hit. You know, and, and I was late bloomer, 
and uh, I just didn't have time to celebrate. We're talking to Sterling Sharp. Uh, Sterling, your brother gives you, you, first of all, you have your neck injury, right? It was so severe, you knew you were done, and then your brother wins one of his first Super Bowls, and he gives you his ring. Real quickly, gave just touch on his ring, not knowing if they were ever going to get back. I mean, they ended up going, they ended up, Denver ended up winning back-to-back Super Bowls. Denver ended up winning their first one against my Green Bay Packers. But you, you're talking about giving up something that you work, you know, put in all that work and hard work for, and there's no guarantees that you're going to get back. Right. I mean, he went to play. He, he has three Super Bowl rings, but, yeah, it's my brother. You know, I, right. hey, I'm doing this not because I'm supposed to or because I have to, but because you're my brother. And I never looked at it as I was doing something. I was being something. I was being a brother. That's what I right. was being. I wasn't doing something and raising him and being his father. And I, I wasn't doing that, Steve. And, it came and easy, right? For him to make that gesture, and it was it was so cool. And and which was fun. It was a it was a hard dilemma because people don't realize is my team, the Green Bay Packers, and a lot of guys that I had played with were in that Super Bowl, but my brother's on the other team, and I chose <laughs> to hang with the Denver Broncos because of my brother going through, seeing what that experience was like. You had to. And it was it was a very interesting week. Well, I had gone through that the week the year before with Green Bay and New Orleans. It's hard to explain, you know, being around guys that you go to battle with, and, and here's what we're trying to do, and then they finally do it. I never felt like I got cheated. I never felt like, you know, this is something that was supposed to happen to me because uh, I, I've, I've always been a firm believer that if it's for you, you know, if that's for you, then you're going to get it. Whatever's for you, you get it. Right. So I never felt, you know, I felt very comfortable and fun being around those guys all week, but I was familiar with players on both teams in two different Super Bowls. And it's just, it's a it's a unique feeling, man. It was it was a, it was really special. You know, I wear my Super Bowl ring now because I said, you know, I didn't I didn't get my Super Bowl ring with blood and sweat. I got my Super Bowl ring. I love and I love that. I, I don't know if that's I don't know where that stacks up with blood and sweat, but I think that's pretty good. Well, blood is thicker than the frozen tundra and the water that thaws out once it happens sterling i can't thank you enough for taking the time i know you gotta go work on your game i can't wait to see you down in the delta we appreciate you more than you will ever know and um we value uh your friendship and and i love you brother and and thanks for uh being on in a mississippi minute man it was a pleasure being on and i can't wait to come back down to mississippi play some golf see some of my old friends make some new ones i just appreciate your friendship and opportunity to talk to your listeners about a little bit about my life and i thank you very much for having me on all right thank you brother we'll see you on tv uh come football season have a blessed day and i'll see you later i'm steve azar in a mississippi minute all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time it's easier than ever to hear Super Talk anywhere. Now you can get Super Talk Mississippi on Amazon Alexa devices. Just go to supertalk.fm slash Alexa to find out more. For news, politics, sports, and the good things happening in Mississippi, the conversation starts here. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.